So today I'm talking about the biggest risks when it comes to consolidating your technology suppliers, but also why you should still do it. I'm Mark Riddell and this is the TechSess Podcast. We publish a new episode every Wednesday packed full of IT and cybersecurity advice to help businesses like yours to make the right decisions and get the best from your technology investment. Make sure to follow TechSess on your favourite podcast player to ensure you don't miss future episodes. So quite often when we speak to potential customers, they have loads of vendors for technology. So they've got their internet service provider, they've got a phone system provider, they've got their IT company, they might be buying things like Office 365 and somebody else, they've got their printer supplier and everything else. So all these suppliers come under the tech header, right? And where it becomes a problem for businesses is when there is a problem because quite often they'll go to their IT provider and their IT provider will say, yeah, that's not our problem. That's your internet service provider's problem. Well, that's your printer company's problem. So you just get fired off in a different direction and you just spend your time running around phoning different help desks and waiting in a hole to speak to somebody else who probably doesn't really care. That's what happens when you have individual vendors. The other problem that happens when you have different vendors for different things is that you pay top dollar for all of those things because your internet service provider has to make all of their money from selling your broadband connection. Your printer company has to make all of their money from selling you a printer and the services that go with it. Your phone system provider has to make all of their money from selling the phone system because it's the only thing they're selling you. So they're trying to maximize profit that they make from the sale of that service to you. Whereas when you consolidate your suppliers, then one, you're going to get a much better price for your services because for a lot of IT companies, some of the stuff I've mentioned is an added value. So for us, M3, we sell IT support. All of the other stuff I've just talked about is a value add. Because we are an ISP, we do provide internet connections to companies, but it's not our primary business. So I don't really have any interest in making money from internet service connections. The reason that we do it is because we know that people hate having to deal with BT. So we say, look, you don't need to deal with BT anymore. You buy your internet service from us, we provide the service. If there's a problem, you phone us. And it really helps us too, because if the customer is using BT or Look, I'm not picking on BT here. Other internet service providers are available, but we'll stick with it. If you're using BT and you call us and say, hey, you've got a problem with internet connection, we'll do what we can to have a look at it. But ultimately, we're going to have to call BT on your behalf and then deal with the problem. So really, you'll call us, we'll take on managing the problem, but we're really relying on a third party to fix the problem. And the problem is, is that third party, i.e. BT, they don't really care about you because they've got thousands of customers, right? The difference is your IT provider, I'm speaking generally here, but IT companies typically do really care about their customers and want to help them. It's really frustrating when a customer's got a problem and you can't fix it for them. So this is where working with an IT company that is an ISP that does provide internet connection, because yeah, ultimately the services that we are providing to customers for internet connectivity is BT services or Virgin services or whoever. But we are the ISP, which means we are more in control, which means we get access to the control panels that BT, OpenReach and stuff get access to. So if a customer does have a problem, 
we can run the line and the fault diagnosis tools that BT would have to run, but we can take control of it. We can see that the logs of when their router was connected and if the connection was dropping out and everything else. So we're in control of those things. It means we can also place orders and everything else for new connections. Now, to give you an example, we've got a customer that needs to get faster connectivity to one of their sites. Now, on the face of it, there is no fiber services available there. But because we get access to the infrastructure maps, like the ducting and stuff that's actually in the ground, we could see that there was a fiber duct running right into the customer's site and into their premises. So what we did is we managed to get a site survey carried out by BT to basically prove that we could get fiber in there. But on the face of it, if you went to BT and tried to order fiber for that site, they said, no, it's not available, can't do it. But because we had that insight, we were able to see that it was available, get a site survey carried out, and then find out, yes, we can get it. Now, that wouldn't have happened had the customer just contacted BT or Virgin, whoever else. They just went, nope, computer says no, basically. Because they would have just looked at the, the address on their site and their system, went, can't get it. So there's a massive added value of working with a company that wants to help, that actually wants to get the things in place for you. That's the difference. It's having someone in your corner, isn't it? You know, fighting to get the things that you need to help your business. So yeah, that's internet connectivity, which is a pain. And like I said, despite everything I've said about the benefits, just not having to directly deal with BT is a huge plus. Coming on to talking about phone systems, again, telecoms companies for years have had it really good, I think, because I've seen loads and loads of invoices from telecoms companies for phone systems and it's pretty shocking what they get away with charging for example i've seen on an invoice where it will just say maintenance fee 80 pounds and that's 80 pounds a month not a year and the customer's got an on-premise phone system they've had it for years they've got an 80 pound a month maintenance fee and i say what is that for the customer's like got no idea i'm like but you're just paying it it's like that's nearly a thousand pounds a year I said, so, okay, so what happens? Does someone come out and provide regular maintenance in the phone systems? No, not seen anyone since they installed it. I'm like, okay, so they're not coming out and doing regular maintenance. It's an old on-premise phone systems. They don't have remote access to that, so they're not doing remote maintenance. So what happens if you have a problem and you phone them? They go, well, they'll usually send someone out within a few days. Okay. Do they charge you for that? Yeah, yeah, they still charge for that. I'm like, right, so... You're still having to pay to get the problem fixed when you have a problem. And you're paying them for a maintenance fee that clearly they're not doing any maintenance for. But at the time, five years ago, whenever you signed the contract, you thought, well, it's probably a good idea to have maintenance on the phone system. Because if it goes down and say, for example, we're a dental practice, if our phone system goes down and people can't call, well, that's worth paying £80 a month for. But what you now realise is that £80 a month was complete bullshit. It was just a way for them to make more profit from selling you the phone system in a way that you thought was a good idea at the time. I've actually talked about VoIP phone systems before on the show. If you head over to texaspodcast.com and search for VoIP in the episodes, you'll be able to find an interview I actually had with our VoIP system provider talking about cloud phone systems. But the key there, Mark, is your staff, the ability to have a choice. Some will use a headset, some will use their mobile, some will want a a desk phone. But also it, it will change the way that offices are set up and will work. 
And the other things that telecoms companies are very, very good at doing is signing people up for long-term contracts. Now, I have this conversation all the time when we speak to a potential customer, and it's not just for telecoms, but for IT support and stuff as well. When people say, oh, so do you guys sign us up for like 12 months or whatever? And I'm like, no, we do everything on a month-to-month basis. They're like, oh, really? I'm like, do you want to sign a long-term contract? They're like, no. And the funny thing is, is that we're in our 14th year in business. We've never done long-term contracts. We've done everything on a month-to-month. And it's really interesting because over the years, I've seen more and more IT companies starting to just do month-to-month rolling contracts, which is good in that that's the industry changing to be more up-to-date because everyone does everything on a month-to-month contract. Now Netflix and Spotify and everything else you pay for is month-to-month. It's a way of paying for things that you know fits the modern world. But it's also really annoying because it was quite a unique thing that we had. Like years and years ago, when every IT company was making customers sign 12 months agreements and we didn't, it was quite a unique thing. And we've probably lost that unique part of that over the years. But hey, that's what happens when you're ahead of the game. Like, oh yeah, everyone just signs up for a 12-month contract. Well, no, that's not what the customer wants. The interesting thing about the 12-month contract or the three-year, the five-year contract is that the contract is never, ever there for the customer's benefit. The contract is only ever there for the supplier's benefit. So when you get all these companies going, yeah, yeah, we're customer-centric and it's all about the customer and the service and stuff, it's like, yeah, but you say that in your marketing, but when it comes down to the sale, you're only going to sell the thing to the customer if they sign up for five years. So you want the customer to make a commitment to your service. They've never experienced your service, by the way. Like if you went to a restaurant, right, and they said, by the way, before we serve you steak dinner tonight, we want you to sign up to agree to buy steak from us every Friday night for the next five years. You're going to say, but I don't know how good the steak is, though. Right? It's ridiculous when you put it into context of another way. You would never do that. See, this is where it gets really interesting for me, because if I go to a restaurant and I have a steak dinner and it's amazing, I'm going to go back there anyway because it's amazing. So... Rather than force the customer to eat your steak dinner all the time because they signed a contract, why don't you just provide the best steak they've ever had in their life and they'll keep coming back as a repeat customer all the time? So that's the way I pitch and say, well, look, we don't sign you up to an agreement more than a month-to-month agreement because if we do what we say we're going to do and you like us and the service is good, are you going to want to leave? No. Exactly. That's the game changer, right? Because the amount of businesses I've spoken to, so I asked them, why are you looking to change your IT provider? It's like, well, that service is just not that great. I'm like, but it must have been great at some point. Yeah, it was really good in the beginning. After we signed the contract, it was really good for six months. And then things started to go downhill. And it's like, well, yeah, because you signed a 12-month contract, they don't really need to be that good. Because they're like, yeah, we've signed a contract. They can't leave. They're going to have to stick with us. Even now, the amount of businesses that we are speaking to that are desperate to get out of their contract with their current IT provider because the service is terrible, the communication is just non-existent, they're not meeting on a regular basis to review things with them. And the thing that really frustrates me is that when the customer wants to leave, then they make it really difficult. You know, you get things like, yeah, you're under a three-year contract, but actually you had to give us three months notice before the end of that contract that you wanted to leave. And it's in the terms and conditions. And of course, the customer signed this and the customer doesn't realize that until further down the line. Some of the other things I mentioned, mentioned printers and stuff. Some IT companies do like provide service printers and manage printers. We normally refer our customers to a partner to deal with things like printers because it's just not 
something that, that we do at M3. The companies that we refer to will be providing high-end like Xerox kit and stuff. And we're just not set up to do that kind of stuff. It's all about hardware and I guess an investment in that. You either do it or you don't do it. I think the important thing is, is that if it's not something that's being done by an IT provider, then quite often they will have someone that they would recommend that you would work with. And they'll recommend someone, just like I would, that is easy to deal with, that is as easy to deal with as what they are, because like-minded businesses tend to gravitate towards each other. They're not going to refer you to someone that's going to make your life difficult, because then that comes back on them. And they're certainly not going to refer to someone that's going to make their life difficult. And to give you an example of that, again, the printer company that we refer to, they just go in, do their thing, customer's happy, the setup's really easy, they're easy for us to work with, just go on with it, right? It's a printer, it scans, it prints, it doesn't have to be any more complex than that. We've had cases where the customer's chosen their own printer supplier, the technician from the printer company turns up, here's your shiny new printer, yeah, it's great, they'll get it set up to print and before they've even finished a cup of coffee, they're out the door, gone. And then the customer finds out there's something not been done. Like, for example, they've not set up the scan to email. You know, you put your documents in and it'll scan it as a PDF to your email address. That's a pretty common function. The customer finds out, ah, hang on, they've not, what about the scan to email thing? They've not set that up. And instead of phoning the printer company, the customer will phone us and expect us to get that work because the printer company said, oh yeah, that's because it needs to be configured with an email address to send scans to. And everything else like that. I'm like, yeah, but hang on a minute. You guys supplied it. It's, it's actually on you to make sure that this is all up and running. And you just left without even checking that this was something that needed to be set up. So, you know, bounce it back to us. So the point I'm getting at is that if you're not going to have everything consolidated into the same company, at least have it within a, a recommendation from your main IT provider, because you're going to get a company that is very similar to them in the way that they do business, in the way that they interact with our customers. But first up, I just want to tell you a little bit about the IT services buyer's guide that we have. This is a free document on our website. You don't have to enter any information to get access to it. You just need to head over to www.m3networks.co.uk forward slash buyer's guide and you'll be able to click the link and get the download. And this is going to give you loads of information to help you understand the questions that you need to ask any potential IT partner in your business or indeed just go back and ask these questions to your existing IT company and then you can help find out whether you're being served correctly and whether there's any gaps in the IT support services that you are being offered. Now let's get back to the episode. So I've talked a lot about the benefits of consolidating suppliers apart from the single point of contact being able to save some money on some of these things. The one thing that I wanted to talk about was third-party management. I've kind of probably scuttered around this in what I've said already, which is the example with BT, so that if you have a problem with your internet connection, you know your IT company can actually manage that problem because if they're supplying it, well, one, they're the people who have to fix the problem because you're buying it from them, but they're also able to fix the problem. So having one supplier makes it really easy when it comes to getting problems fixed because then you don't have the bounce around of communication. And even if even if your IT company is taking the responsibility on of fixing the problems, they're like, look, you report the problem to us, we will go and speak to the printer company or the ISP or the phone system company. We'll go and speak to them to fix the problem. The disadvantage 
that that puts your IT company into is that they're now relying on a third party. They're waiting on someone else to respond to them. So you open a ticket of your IT company, they respond within an hour. I'll say if you're using M3, they'll respond within an hour. Then what happens is, is then they're going to do some initial triage to see if they can help out and fix the problem. But ultimately, they're going to go to the vendor or the supplier and say, hey, this customer, we've got a mutual customer here. They've got a problem. This is what we've done to try and figure out what the problem is. You try and narrow the down, basically try to help them, point them in the right direction, right? Then you're going to go into their help desk system. Now, their response rate on their SLA might be four days. Now, a lot of people don't realize that if you just buy a BT internet connection and you don't buy a care pack, so you don't increase the support level with BT, BT's SLA for a normal internet connection is like five working days. So the question is, can you wait five working days for a response? The problem is, you raise that with your IT company, they speak to BT. What if BT don't get back to them for three or four days? Now, in your opinion is, well, I reported that to my IT company and they've not fixed it. And then that's not a great situation because your IT company has been penalized for someone else. They're taking on the problem. In your mind or the user's mind, they're like, my IT company haven't fixed this for four days. And what it is is that you don't fully understand that they're having to rely on someone else to fix the problem. So that's the downside of not consolidating. Your IT company's at a disadvantage when it comes to things. And like I said, they might take on the third-party management of the problem, but ultimately they are relying on other people to get the problem fixed. And it can make their response rate and their turnaround time look bad, not because of any fault of their own. So yeah, I've talked about saving money, saving time, having a better user experience from having a single supplier. I hate the term one-stop shop, but that's a term that a lot of people use, but having a one-stop shop for all your technology suppliers. And it does make your life much easier because you know you've got a single phone call to, to make if there's a problem. But of course, there are always risks when you put all your eggs in one basket you might find that you lose a bit of flexibility in that your IT company will have a preferred ISP or, you know, they might be working with BT or Virgin or whoever. You might find that they will only recommend you to one printer company or one CCTV company because they may have a commercial referral arrangement in place with them where when they refer your business, they get either a finder's fee or they get like a monthly kickback from the services. So that is where you don't know what those arrangements are, right? You might also find that when they say, yeah, we do phone systems, that they only supply one phone system. All of this might sound like, well, I shouldn't do this then. I shouldn't rely on you know, my IT company to provide me all these services. But actually, the reason that IT companies, and we are no exception here, will only supply the customer with, say, one hosted VoIP phone solution is because they become experts in that system, right? Now, if you go to your IT company and you say, we want a new phone system, they say, yeah, that's great. We work with this particular phone system. I would take much more comfort in the fact that they're experts in one system than just being a marketplace for everybody. If they say, yeah, well, we've got loads of different phone system suppliers that we work with, I'd be like, okay, the thing that would really concern me is to think, well, but how proficient are all your techs in all of these systems? You want 
someone to know the system intimately. You want it so that when you have a problem, whoever you speak to, they know that system like the back of their hand. And that's what you get when you sell one particular flavor of that, right? The important thing that you need to know is, does that system have the features and the functionality that I need? That's the bigger concern, right? The system doesn't, you don't really care what the phone system is or where it lives or everything else like that. But as a business, what you really do care about is, does this system have the features and the functionality that my business needs from a phone system? And that's where your wish list comes in. For example, for phone systems, and it's one of the things I love, does it do voicemail to email? Like, so if someone leaves me a voicemail, will I get an email with like the file attached so I can just listen to it in my email without having to dial in and put pin codes and everything into a phone system, you know, which no one ever remembers. So yeah, does it have the features and the functionality that you want? And that obviously comes down to you having like a wish list of stuff. With phone systems, it's quite an easy one these days because most people are moving from like an old on-premise phone system to a modern wipe system. So the feature set just will blow your existing phone system out of the water anyway, and you'll save quite a bit of money. Typically, when we move people from an on-premise to a cloud phone system, you're saving around 40 to 60% on your monthly costs. It can be significant. And for quite a lot of businesses that we've moved to a cloud phone system, it can be hundreds of pounds a month that they're saving. And the reason that they can save so much money comes back to what I said earlier. Because it isn't the thing that we're in business to make our, you know, our profit from, we can usually save them some money. Probably the biggest benefit I would add in is the fact is that we just take the pain away from having to deal with all these people, like telecoms companies, BT and everything else. Sometimes the cost even isn't the biggest thing. Sometimes the customer will just say, yeah, the phone system is okay, but every time I have to speak to them, I hate having to call them because I have to sit and hold for ages. When I speak to someone, they never know who we are because they're a big company and we're just a small company. We don't get that personal touch service. You know, so sometimes the benefits run deeper than just what you see is, yeah, saving a few quid a month. It's the fact is that you're buying more stuff from a company that really values your business, treats you really well as a customer, and has fantastic customer service. So why would you not want to buy more? stuff from them, you know, because they genuinely have your best interests at heart because they know how painful it is having to deal with all these different companies because they have to do it too, right? So they just take the pain away and make it easy to buy all the things that you need from a single supplier. So we talked about then flexibility and that you might be getting pushed down the line of a specific product or specific vendor because that your IT company has a relationship with them or it's a system that they use, right? Typically what you'll find in, and it's the same for our case here at M3, we sell customers the same services and products that we use. So the phone system we use is the same one that we sell to our customers. And that's important because if your IT company is not using it, you've got to wonder why they're not using it. The other probably biggest problem that can come in is that if you're using the same company for all of these services and something happens in the future that makes you want to change that supplier, well, now you might have a bit of a problem because you're buying so many things from them that it makes it difficult for you to leave them. So you're very sticky to them. You know, they're invoicing you for all of these products and services so that if you say, well, yeah, your phone system's good. Yeah, the internet connection's good. All the other managed services, the Office 365, the cloud backup, all the other services you're bringing is great. 
but actually your IT support, we just don't like the IT support service we're getting anymore. Now, yeah, you could just move the IT support and carry on paying them for everything else, but the relationship's going to be damaged and it might not be so much of something that you might want to be involved with anymore. And to be honest, if you move the core business away, like I said, all these other things are value add anyway, your value to them is much less now. They probably don't want to keep you around as a customer anymore because of that. So just a reminder that there'll be a link in the show notes to the episode about VoIP phone systems. And also, if you want to book a 15-minute call with me, you can head over to m3networks.co.uk forward slash meetmark. Texas is an M3 Networks podcast. Find out more at m3networks.co.uk. Okay. Okay.